This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Captain Ron, Robert, uh, did see Otto earlier today. He's good to go in the back, and uh, we are ready to crank this sucker up, man. Yeah, we got a lot going on today. Uh, Chris Cotter is going to join us at 8 o'clock. There has been a uh, schedule change, as it were, Mr. Packer, because of weather. Moving early. Lacrosse that was scheduled for today, uh, tonight rather, in Charlottesville, has been moved up to a matinee of sort. Right after us on the yeah, replay. One o'clock. So you'll see Virginia and uh, Duke, I guess it is, from Charlottesville tonight. Uh, supposed to be tonight. It'll be this afternoon at one o'clock. Chris Cotter joins us with a preview of that. Kevin Corrigan will also be here in what is the slowly become the lacrosse hour, the eight o'clock hour, because the head coach of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish will be here to visit with us at 830. And then in the nine o'clock hour, John Rittman. The uh, outstanding. He'd been with us so many. How many? Half dozen? This would be number six, six. for Mr. Rittman. Look at me. Approximates. Got it right. Half six dozen. times for John Rittman. Yep. The Clemson softball coach will be with us. And Mike Elko, Duke's football coach, ahead of their spring game at 930. His Part third of, appearance. Uh, his third? Okay. Yep. Uh, we got four spring games for you on Saturday. Uh, Duke being one of them. Wake Forest, Miami, and uh, Virginia Tech. Those are the four. So, we got all that. And we got news here at the top of the show. It's actually good news, too. Yesterday, we were peppered with really good ACC news. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you something here. And I thought about this. And I didn't ask you this before we started because I wanted your on-air reaction to it. A year ago, when all the stuff was happening and the portal was flowing and it was like the – I mean, it was just in one door and out the other, right? I mean, it was just mass hysteria, whatever. I remember you saying, ah, this does not look good for the ACC. Right. I mean, that was uh, – There was too much exiting and not, not enough entering. entering. That's it. At least felt that way to me. Okay. And it t- turned out to be true, by the way. It did turn out to be true. And then we finally got the the correction, so to speak, what, February, March, something like that. And obviously in the tournament, right. the league had a great, great performance. Yesterday's news, knock on wood, is great for Carolina. No doubt. But it is much better for the ACC and could be the start of something bigger with more guys saying, hey, wait a second, I'm seeing myself and I want to go to the NBA and I want to go to the next level, but I don't have that security I'm hoping for. And one of many yesterday wrote that name, image, and likeness, as Seth Greenberg said on this show last week, name, image, and likeness is a buoy to those decisions. We don't know exactly what the details are, but you would assume so. Armando Baycott is coming back for a senior year at Carolina, and it's just not big news at Carolina. It's not just big news in the ACC. It's big college basketball news. Yeah, that's a preseason All-America first-teamer is what we're talking about, given the double-double machine that we just witnessed on a run to a national championship game. But you're right, Wes. Um you know, we had a fill-in-the-blank question about a week and a half ago. Who's the one player that you'd like to see come back? This was the answer to the question, Yeah. right? And absolutely. so when this news broke yesterday, first thing I thought of was, you know, I know we're still in the, a spring football mode. Mm-hmm. we still got lacrosse going on. we got the ACC Women's Golf Championship starting today. Right. There's a little baseball's rocking, softball. So there's a lot of going on. But this news yesterday resonated, as you mentioned, not only in Chapel Hill, but Mm -hmm. if you're Hubert Davis, you're like, hallelujah, man, what a beautiful day this is. 
But it's important for the conference, and I think it's important for college basketball. Right. I agree. Because in the past, in the immediate past, mm -hmm. he gone, right? I oh, mean, yeah. he's gone. He's I mean, gone in the world of three years ago. Gone. Right. Yeah. And we'll worry about the repercussions after the fact. That's it. So, again, it's a huge storyline as far as ACC basketball goes, and North Carolina specifically. Right. But, like I said, I, it would not shock me if we fast-forward the clock that Armando Baycott is a preseason first-team All-America. He could be. Again, this is it's early. Early. It's real early. We're not even clear. We're barely clear mid-April. We're not even to tax day yet. No. Armando Baycott could be somebody's national player of the year. Right, right. I mean, it's and that's not a reach. That's, that's not, not a reach. Yeah, that's not a reach at all. But it's no. a great – it's a feel-good story for the ACC and North Carolina specifically – and, uh, again, I like to be selfish in this five cities all the time. I hope they all come back. I know they're chasing their dream. If they go, they go, and I hope they make a gazillion dollars and, um, you know, play the sport they love to play. But from a purely selfish standpoint, right. somebody on the couch watching games, mm -hmm. I love it when you see experienced guys come back and enjoy the college life. I agree with you on that. I think it's important to realize what the potential is for Armando Baycott when you look at what he did this year in particular. Here's the look now. I mean, 31 double-doubles. That's a single-season record at Carolina. Uh, 16 and a half points, nearly 14 rebounds, 57% from the floor. 511 total rebounds. You know what? And all those numbers are impressive, but I think that if you were in a coma and you just woke up for March to watch the tournament, the thing you loved about Baycott was his toughness. I mean, the play he makes against UCLA, the, the ankle in the Kansas game. I mean, yep. This dude played with heart, right? Mm -hmm. A sense of purpose and yep. pride and passion. And it uh, was just terrific. So, again, it's a really feel-good story for North Carolina and the league. I would say Carolina now, and, and I'm going I'm to kind of change a little bit of the gear shift on this. So, the next decision that has to be made is Caleb Love in this process for Hubert Davis. Caleb Love was uh, talked to InsideCarolina.com yesterday, a story that appeared online last night. He said the next week or two, he'll have all the information he needs. Now, there are some projections out there that Caleb Love's a first-round pick. And as we said, if you're a first-round pick, it's hard to say no to this. Yeah, you got to go. Because it's a guaranteed deal. Right, are you, you a consensus first-round pick? Are you a lottery pick? Because that's different money, too. Right. So, all that being said, Carolina now with Baycott's return – has opened the door. I would say, just a just an opinion, I think Leaky Black comes back to play the COVID year, which he is due because of the NCAA bonus. Then R.J. Davis's scenario, we'll see what happens there. There were some people talking about him potentially leaving. Caleb Love would be the other one, and he told Inside Carolina could be a week or two. We'll see what happens there. However, Baycott's quote, this year's experience showed me I do not want to miss the chance to do it again next season. Think about this. Is this the first or at least the most present example we have of a young person who understands not only A, the college experience, but B, the college value, the value of the sport when you have success and what it can mean to your brand? Now, we toss that around a lot, but Armando Baycott's a brand. Yeah. He's a brand in college athletics. And in today's world, with NIL and all these other things, we've got to talk about brands. Well, you got to make a good business decision. And I think he did. Absolutely. Based on what you've read in all the mocks that, hey, he's a second-round pick maybe. Maybe he doesn't even get drafted in some shape, way, or form. Uh, and name, image, and likeness comes into play here, as you pointed out. And, and really the perfect example of all of this 
happened in football with Kenny Pickett. Correct. Who had an opportunity to get out, go to the NFL. If he makes a team great, whatever, put the head on backwards, right. you back up, who knows, and said, you know what? I really, really enjoy college life. I'm yeah. going to go back in another degree and everything's good, and let's go lead a team to a championship. And yep. he did. And now his stock goes through the roof. Absolute first-round pick. Who knows? Maybe the very first quarterback taken when this uh, draft comes up in a couple of weeks. So – uh, the ACC was really two premier examples, Kenny Pickett in football, Armando Baycott in hoops. But again, as a selfish fan of college sports, regardless if it's the ACC, SEC, or anybody else, I like it to see guys come back and say, you know what? The millions can wait. Right. I'm going to go enjoy the college life, and good for them. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I think it's also one of those things, too, where Armando Baycott can make his own decision independent of what we saw from Kenny Pickett. But you cannot mistake what happened with Kenny Pickett. Yep. And you can have basketball analogies to the football analogies. You can, you can move it to any other sport you want to. I think what happened with Kenny Pickett, and we talked about it at the time, was it precedent setting? I, I don't know if that's maybe too strong. But what he did was he kind of opened the door to people saying, oh, wait a second. You can actually come back, be productive, have a really good year, and be somewhat financially compensated through name, image, and likeness. And better yourself doing it. That's which it. Which he absolutely did. And look, Hubert Davis, and we saw this. You and I probably saw it a little more in New Orleans when we were around Joel Berry briefly. Hubert Davis's attitude and his approach became contagious to not only his team, but it was like listening to Joel talk about what Hubert is that day when he was on set with us about – you know, the way he coaches and the attitude and the philosophy and all those things, he injected some energy into a program that's got enough tradition to, you know, flood a city. And I think Baycott picked up on that. And I think Baycott has become a very intriguing guy. I mean, he's a little shy as a freshman when we first talked to him. Then we come back and we talked to him a year ago, and I thought, and I thought at the tip-off this year and things like that, he was incredibly engaging. And a guy who now embraces kind of that that role like Kenny Pickett did. Kenny Pickett used to be a kind of a shy guy when we first talked to him. I'm excited to see the Armando Baycotts and the Kenny Picketts. I it's great for college sports. It's great for the ACC in these cases. But isn't that kind of what this is supposed to do, right? Yeah, I, I just think I mean, we you get tied make... up in all the millions coming out in NIL for guys that haven't even you know taken the plastic off of football yet, right? Right. you got to make a good, smart business decision. And I think Armando did this. Because, again, yeah. based on the information we're getting, he was a second-round pick, best-case yeah. scenario, and that's a dice roll. That's yeah. one of those things about, you know, everybody's from a different economic background and what your needs Correct. are, who's yeah. whispering in your ear about, hey, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. And you see too many bad decisions in the transfer portal of guys that, man, they get up and leave, yeah. and now they've left not only an opportunity to right. play a sport that they love, he or she, but they also lose out on the potential edge of free education, which is the most important thing out of all this because less than 2% are going to go pro, whether yeah. it be the WNBA, Major League Baseball, the NFL, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So congratulations to Carolina, Armando Baycott, the ACC, and in a bigger picture, college basketball. Yeah. Right? There was also more good news yeah, there yesterday, was. in my opinion, yeah, there was. Uh, involving the ACC, and that is scheduling, which is right down your alley, West Durham. And, you know, when we had expansion, uh, it was a money grab. Let's be honest. It was a pure money grab. Right. And we lost some of the great backyard bri uh, rivalries, and including the backyard brawl. 
Yeah. Right? We lost West Virginia and Pitt. Yeah. Well, they've already signed a four-year deal. They're going to play for the first time of those four years coming up this year, which is sure. beautiful. But they've also now added on another four years beginning in 2029. So, to me, this is great for college football fans. It's terrific for Pitt, great for West Virginia. These are the kind of games that college football better figure out and start embracing again in this crazy world of name, image, Absolutely. and likeness. And I'm, and I'm not going to rule out, okay? I'm not ruling out. And I read this yesterday and exactly what you just said. This year starts a four-year, and then they're adding four starting in 29 to 32, right? I'm not going to add that they don't find a way to build the bridge between 25 and 29. I'd be fine with me if there's an opening. Right. I mean, you can – The we don't know. We don't know two weeks from now how many games somebody's going to play in 23. We right. By the time we get through May, we may find out that somebody's going to play – eight games here or seven games there or nine games or whatever the case may be, divisions, no divisions, how many, we have no clue. So the 22 to 25, perfect for Pitt and West Virginia. Excellent. And I'll tell you this, I uh, I sent a note to Tony Caridi, a friend of mine who was the voice of the Mountaineers yesterday, and gotten a response back. But I'm curious as to how much energy, I know what it means from the Pitt side because we talk to those guys, right? And we know how Heather like really wanted to see Pitt Penn State keep going. She couldn't get a return phone call. Correct. Sandy Barber was busy to like 2034. Now, of course, she's stepped down. Yeah. But isn't it interesting that Shane Lyons, who used to work, by the way, in John Swafford's administration in the ACC, longtime athletics director at his alma mater, West Virginia, Shane Lyons and Heather Light got together and put this thing together. And it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it's good. It's good for college. It's football. great TV. It's great for college football. Yeah, no question. And those are the games we <clears> want to see. Those are the games fans are willing to pay to go see. Can right? we get some? Don't more give of me that? roast beef. A and M. You know, all right, great. We're going to win fifty-six to seven, and they're still charging me an arm and a leg for a ticket. Give me a game like West Virginia Pitt. Fans want to see it. Yeah, it's a win-win. Can we get a bunch more of that on the table? I, I'm all for it. I think, again, that's to me, Baycott coming back, great for the league, great for college basketball. West Virginia Pitt decided, hey, we're extending the deal. Yeah. That is great for college football. No all question. Right. All right. Now, on this program, don't ever mistake us. I mean, I like live hockey. You like live hockey. I do. Now, on TV, Mike Emmerich, to me, was one of the great wordsmiths of the broadcasting business. Hall of Famer, right? Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. <laughs> He's part of that uh, organization. He is NSMA, one with you right there, the picture. Yeah, I got you. All right. Now, Yesterday, we got word that friend of the show. Oh, yeah. Lover of the dogs. Lover of the dogs. And as much hockey as you're going to get on Packer and Durham, Jerry York is going to retire as the head coach at Boston College. 28 years he's been running the show. At the age of 76. Good for him. The winningest coach in NCAA men's hockey history is hanging him up. What a nice guy. Oh. And a brilliant coach. Not good. Brilliant coach. Yeah. You want national titles? He's got them. I mean, this guy's done it all. Four national titles, 01, 08, 10, 12. Coached at Clarkson from 72 to 79. Bowling Green, 79 to 94. Won his first title in 84. He's one of three coaches in NCAA history to win the men's hockey championship at 
two institutions. Plus, he hooked us up with really cool BC sweaters. Uh, yeah. They're, they're not the, jerseys. No, no, no. Sweaters. sweaters. Yeah. We learned that, right? And I got those in the vault over there. But, I got uh, mine in Georgia hanging, and it's nice. They're not, they are nice. But uh, he is a class dude. Mm-hmm. And, again, love the dogs. He always sends stuff for Chester and Fuller. And, if Coach, if you're watching, man, congratulations on a really amazing, incredible run. Big salute to Jerry York. No doubt. Job well done, Coach. And uh, we wish you the very best. And, you know, if you – here in the spring, early summer, if you're not headed out to the Cape or something, you know, fun like that, and you want to swing by and pop on the bureau cam and chat it up, hang out. We're all about it. Uh, we have a busy show. I've already told you about the guests. Chris Cotter and Kevin Cargan in the 8 o'clock hour. John Rittman, Mike Elko, 9 o'clock hour. we got In Case You Missed It's with Brent Pry and Dave Clawson from yesterday's show ahead of their springs, right? Go ahead and ruin it. The Packer and Durham Podcast. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. While Wes uh, battles with Brother Fuller, who's taking up all of his space. You know, there was uh, some promise of some sort of... Equality? (laughs) Yeah, some sort of... Look, I mean... See the picture? That is a 65-pound, right? 65? about 60. Yeah, 60-pound black lab at my feet. So whenever they want, now if we come back to camera two, sometimes you'll see this happen on the show like this or like this. (laughs) And the reason that happens is because of this. Brother Fuller, the star. Yeah, Brother Fuller. Yeah, so just – Show's gone to the dogs. That's how it works, For 607 man. shows. I told you before we got started. Yeah. You're going to have to park the ego because right now it's all about Chester and Fuller, and we're just kind of – Oh, we're going to stretch out. Man. Oh, yeah. There we go. More, more Appreciate space. you, Fuller. More what space. Great renovation on your part there. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to more important things, shall we? Well, nothing's more important than Chester and Fuller. However, Wes, <laughs> it's that time of year again when we get done with Augusta. And then we have to unveil one of my favorite, favorite things. Oh, yeah. And that is FPI. That oh, yeah. does not stand for free Packer information. No. That is the Football Power Index. That's right, Mark. And I'm going to warn one partic- No, no, don't, don't spoil it. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to spoil it. It's a tease. I'm just going to give you fair warning here at 721 a.m. They're going to be mad. There is one particular... ACC football fan base that should be excited, really have excited, every right to be excited. Mm-hmm. That when you about when you get ready to see the numbers that we're going to unveil, compliments of FPI. It's got nothing to do with me and West. That's right. I do not want that accusation levied I, later. We're today. just messengers. Here. That's it. But there will be one ACC fan base that is going to be livid when they see what we're about ready to tell. All right. Here is the top 10 nationally of FPI. Number one, Alabama. Should be pretty good. That's The saving guy knows what he's doing. Number two, the Ohio State University. Yeah, Ryan Day, outstanding coach. Buckeyes, tons of talent. My Great wide receivers. God, look at three. Yeah, defenders for the first time yeah. since 1980. Yeah. Saw Buck Ballou on Monday, and I said, what's it like to have uh, you know Stetson Bennett hanging out in your club? Uh, four, Clemson. No oh, yeah. surprise. Well, I mean, some people have buried them and said they, well, yeah, it's they're over. Back. They're back. Can't play dead in the Cowboy movie, but lo and behold, old Dabo's going to be pretty good this year. Quite a gap, I noticed, in four to five. 
Uh, and those two play each other this year in South Bend, Indiana. Again, ironically. Again. Uh, six, Hello. Texas. Who? What? Where, where did that come from? Last time I saw them, KU was scoring. What is that? I have no idea. The, That's on paper. It's got to be a paper. The Texas Longhorns? Uh, you mean the dudes that were sitting on the couch while we played I, 73 bowl games? I, those guys? Those guys. Again getting yeah. hyped? Yeah. Preseason. Nobody says April national champions like Texas. We're back. And and speaking of early national champions, Michigan, welcome. Well, at least there was a a pulse last year. They made the college football playoff. They won. They finally beat Ohio State. There you go. Good for Michigan. So I can can buy Michigan in the top ten. Hey, Brent Venables, no expectation. Oklahoma's eight. He knows. Yeah, he he knows knows what he signed up for. And they should be good. Uh, Pittsburgh, hello. Hello, Pitt Panthers. ACC champs, the defenders. Nine. Number nine. Nine in the FBI. Now, there's a lot of numbers back. Now, right? We keep talking about the numbers that Pat Narduzzi's yeah. got coming back on the offensive and the defensive right. side. And, yeah. And they got Slovis slinging all over the place and Patty with experience. They could be pretty good again. Wait, are we going to show Auburn at 10? Because they've had nothing. I mean, there have been no controversy, no shroud of any kind of thing going on at Auburn. It's just been smooth sure. sailing. Auburn's one of the 10 best teams. Right. They lost to Houston in the Birmingham Bowl. Hey, come on with all this. Only Texas, Auburn, what are we what doing? What are we doing? All right. Pittsburgh, however, let's focus on the Panthers for a moment here, shall we? Finished 11th in FPI on the way to the ACC title last season and returns the most production in the nation, not just the ACC. And you know what? This old guy right here been trying to kind of lay the groundwork and yeah. tell you, hey, look, we're bringing back some really good football players. We're yeah. bringing back guys that made plays. Yeah, number eight's going to go the next level. Jordan Addison's one of the nation's best wide receivers. Defensively, a ton of playmakers. Offensive line. Offensive tacks. line is pretty key there. Yeah, They're going to be good. Yeah. There's no doubt. Chris Cotter's going to be with us at 8 o'clock. He I want to talk about this. Yeah, he, he did, did the, the spring, spring game. game. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. So, might not have a – here's the other thing. Before we get too far down the road here, Keaton Slovis comes to Pittsburgh with some credentials, okay? Now, I am one to acknowledge Nick Patty, and I understand. Davis Bevel was a part of that process a year ago. It appears to be a Keaton Slovis-Nick Patty situation. But, man, you got to tip your hand towards Slovis given his track record. Now, We've seen this work a lot of different ways in a lot of different situations. There are no givens here. That's right. But that's a pretty nice transition if he if he delivers. Totally agree. And I, I think Pitt's going to be really good. Yeah. Now, are they top 10 good? Well, they get a chance to prove it. What I do love about Pitt is they've got to be good out of the gate, right? West Absolutely. Virginia, Tennessee, bang, bang, week right. one, week two. Uh, so you'll have a pretty good handle yep. how dialed in they are if last year winning the ACC championship was, hey, that's last year's news. Yeah. We're not dealing with it. We're going to go win another one. But okay. uh, Pitt's getting a lot of love. We'll see where Pitt – they've got to win to factor, though. It's no different than anybody else. Like when Wake Forest started making that move last year, we said in the spring a year ago, Wake Forest got a chance to get the great start. They yep. converted on it. They ended up having a terrific year. Yep. Okay? Now, look at Pitt's schedule, though. See, and you get behind this FPI thing, you start diving into the schedule situation. Okay? Pittsburgh plays at least two ball games that are going to have the biggest impact on them reaching the conference championship game. And we can talk all we want to about the Coastal in years past. 
as Pac has already said, and I agree with him on this, the Atlantic's going to be the fist fight. Yep. The, the Coastal has been chaotic. The Atlantic is the one where now I think chaos moves because of Clemson, because of NC State, because of Wake Forest, because of Louisville, but the potential reemergence of Syracuse. Florida State, Florida BC. State, all BC. Be pretty good. It's all moving that way. So here's the biggest impact on the chance to reach the conference championship game in Power Five, and two of those games belong to Pittsburgh. Two of them, according to FBI. Pitt at Miami, November 26th. Talk about a regular season finale. Totally understand November 26th. I get. You don't have to sell me on November 26th. I think Pitt's going to be really good. I think Miami's going to be really right. good. Just feels like that game should could, be played late. Could be for all of it. Yeah, it could be for all of it. Pitt and Carolina on the 29th in Chapel Hill also could have some stakes. Tar Heels and Panthers both have to get to that date. And as Mark already said, the West Virginia-Tennessee thing is out there. Now, before we move on to the break here, let's don't take the Mighty Tigers for granted. No, you should not. 11 consecutive 10-win seasons. 10 or more. Yeah. Yep. Fourth in defensive efficiency a year ago, as you see on the screen. Clemson claims the top spot entering the season after the third most defensive production in FBS, according to FPI. That's a lot of letters there, and I apologize for that. If, but the names coming back on that side of the ball, pretty stout. If, the biggest word in sports, <laughs> if they stay healthy on the defensive side, in yeah. my opinion, yeah. I think they have a chance to maybe have their best defense ever. Right. They are nasty up front. There I mean, go. they are deep and talented, big, mean, the whole deal. Yeah. So Clemson, you see, returning production rankings. Third, Georgia, well, they're all going to have their name called in them couple weeks, right? Um, Alabama, 22. Notre Dame, 22. Oklahoma State. Surprisingly, Jim Knowles, their coordinator, is gone to Ohio State. They return 20. That's a good list right there. Yeah. I'm sitting here. Before we go to break, I'm checking Twitter to see if it's exploded with the one fan base we're thinking about. And well, I we haven't it. even teased it yet. I mean, we haven't given you I, But you know what? The delivery. We showed yeah. a top 10. We showed a top 10. Yeah, but it's worse than you think. Packer and Durham. This is the Packer and Durham podcast. Now we do a deep dive of the ACC. Yeah. Just check in Twitter. See if anybody. Took uh, it, the it, don't worry. It, this this is not going to be pretty. All right, you want to start with the divisions? Yeah. And we're going to start with kind of the overall. We'll do the overall first, then we'll get to the divisions. All right, here's the overall. Clemson has the best chance to win the ACC, as you know, because you saw them in the top ten ahead of Pittsburgh. So that should tell you one and two in the ACC, just based on that logic alone, right, Pac? Assuming common sense is allowed. Yes, that would be good. That you, would be And you question that every once in a while. I question it all the time when all it comes right. to this stuff. So here is the top ten. Are the let's start okay, we're gonna start with the Atlantic. I apologize. Right. I, I want to make sure we get the visuals right. So we're gonna start with the Atlantic division. Now remember Clemson is in the top ten. No other Atlantic team was in the top ten. So here is the Atlantic division. Clemson. Jiminy Christmas. <laughs> Almost 75% chance. Holy smokes. Dave Clawson, who made reference yesterday of the ACC Network, giving a Heisman pose to his uh, program, will thoroughly enjoy the bulletin board material that just popped up on ACC Network. 
Yeah. The Deeks, the defenders of the Atlantic. 7%. 7.7. NC State is at 7 even. Florida State, 6. Louisville, 3.4. Boston College, less than 1. Syracuse, less than 1. I, I am very surprised. The to Clemson win the division. Is that high? I did not think the Clemson I didn't think would be that high. high. I'm with you on that. That's that's a big number. That is a, that's a really big number. No. Now I know that they're upset for what happened last year. Ten and three feels like they had a losing season. Sure. In, in the way some idiots in the national media portray them, it's it's over. Program's right. over. I mean, get a life. Uh, they're going to be really good, especially right. if they get quarterback play. They could be spectacularly good. Yeah. Because that defense is going to be maybe the best in the country, arguably. Right. Certainly one of two or three, but that is a large number. If you'd have told me, pack, pick a number. What, what you, who do you think? I would have picked Clemson. I would have. Yeah. But I would have never come close to nearly seventy-five percent. That's right. All right. Um, NC State. Wolfpack in I, a seven spot there. I I gotta tell you, I would have thought NC State's number would have been. I thought a it'd be lot. higher than Wake Forest. Uh, me too, but. but to be single digits, I, I am not buying that. I'm okay. sorry. I think NC State and Wake Forest numbers should be much, much higher. All right. In uh, in lieu of fair partnership, let's show you the coastal here. And then we'll show you the overall. That's a big number, too. Uh, That's a real big number. You know, I, my gut would have told me that Miami would have been the pick. No, I, pick. Once I saw Pitt in the top 10, no, no, I, I know my, that. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, that was a given because they're in the top 10. But if you would have asked me before we did any of this unveiling, right. I would have thought that Miami might have gotten the nod just because Mr. Dime Thrower back there as the quarterback I'm with is a difference maker. Yeah. Just my opinion. And I'm very surprised North Carolina's number is that high. Yeah. And, and the number between one and three is two to one. Now, that's not as bad as what the Atlantic is with. Clemson at nearly 75%. Virginia ahead of Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech and Duke. But again, it's mere percentage points. The jump after the first three, you should note that. It's 18%. Now, that's not as significant as going from uh, 74 down to 7, which is 1 and 2 in the Atlantic. I mean, FPI loves Clemson so much. It's I mean, look, I think Clemson's going to be really good. I think they're going to be top 10. Do I think they're 75% to win the Atlantic? Absolutely not. No, neither. I don't. I think, as Pac has said, I think we're headed to a fist fight in that division. And I think Dabo Sweeney knows it too. And here's another reason I think that is whatever Clemson does at quarterback, whether DJ takes ownership and he's the guy or Kate Klebnik's the, the end. You can bring Nealon Green back. I don't care. Whatever. But yeah. they've got to get that answered. Why? Because you play Wake September 24th and State October 1st. So the two that you're going to probably have to battle, you get early, which means you better have that quarterback situation figured correct. out. That is correct. That's why I think that number at 75% seems large to me. Really big. All right. You want to go to the overall here? Yeah, this will this will make you really happy here. We'll go to, NC State. We'll... I'm just going to tell you, NC State, get ready. 844-SAY-ACC. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go to break. No! Yeah. No, we're going to take a break. Then we're going to come back. We're going to look at the big board, and then we're going to take calls. Okay. All NC, in one swing. NC State fans, when you see the next board, you're. I'm just going to tell you, you're not going to be happy this morning. You're not. That's it. The big board is the one. 
that really probably yeah. drives you down the street. Because yeah, it made zero sense to me, Yeah, as usual. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Brother Fuller. We have successfully negotiated my foot space. A little space. Yeah, yeah we negotiated. Air space. And it didn't cost me any food or snacks Not or yet. any of that other stuff. Hey, he's being nice. <clears throat> or any of that stuff Robert feeds him before his show biscuits. starts every morning. Sulfur biscuits. Yeah, peanut butter and all Saltines. that other stuff. Yeah, yeah sure. Sulfur biscuits. That's it. Okay. Body's on your side. Um, we've already heard from some of you <laughs> via social media. <laughs> You're starting to feel the love a little bit or lack thereof. Uh, this is the unveiling of the FPI, the Football Power Index. Again, we have nothing to do with this. We're just this. messengers. We, that's it. Communicators. That's it. Right? We're communicating the message on April the what? 14th. 14th. Thank you. Tomorrow's tax day, by the way. Actually, it's Monday, but that's okay. Oh, is it? Good. Uh, we're communicating the message to you about the FPI for your spring dissemination. Go ahead. Let it rip. Are we ready? Let's do it. All right. Here is the big board. No surprise, the big board features at the top Clemson. 58.7% chance to win the Atlantic Coast Conference. Now, I thought that would be a number that we would have saw originally on the, for divisions? the Atlantic. On the yeah, division. Just to win the division. I thought that's kind of where that number would have been. All right. Behind Clemson at 58.7% is Pittsburgh at 15.8%. That is drop. a massive drop. That's a big drop. For another team that's in the top 10. Who Clemson lost to a year ago. Right. Just saying. Now, so you go 58.7, 15.8. Third is Miami at 8.6. Single digits. Okay. Two teams, double figure percentage. Third, or fourth rather, behind Miami. 6% chance to win the ACC. This is when the bomb drops. North Carolina. I, I can't even answer that. I mean, I mean, no disrespect to anyone here. It's the middle of April. Our opinions are bound to change 8,000 times before kickoff. Sure. But NC State was better than North Carolina a year ago. Right. NC State is better than North Carolina today. Right. There is no way in the world... That North Carolina, without Sam Howell, today is better than NC State with Devin Leary. But wait, there's more. Oh, I know, but th that whole North Carolina <laughs> thing makes zero sense to me. Behind Carolina in fourth is Wake Forest. <clears throat> Wake Forest at 3.1% to win the ACC. Wake's actually in fifth. I'm sorry, fifth place. Yeah. Clemson's first. Yeah. NC State. Anybody, anybody paying attention to the Wolfpack? I'm just asking. Sixth place. NC State. Makes no sense. One-tenth of a percentage point behind Wake Forest at three even. 844-SAY-ACCN right. is the number for the program. Florida State is next at 2.7, then Louisville at 1.2, under 
are Virginia, Boston College, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, and Syracuse and Duke. I mean, NC State is barely favored over Florida State. I mean, I think NC State could be a top 15 preseason team. Absolutely. And, and may even be better than that. I would not, not to go crazy with, the with hype. you on that. Right. I don't even understand FPI. I really don't. And I, I don't mean to just pile on our company's expertise, clandestine organization up right. there. But I can't explain that. I can't explain any of that stuff. Yeah. Makes zero sense to me. So, essentially. I don't even think there's North Carolina football fans right now this morning watching us going, oh, yeah, we're better than NC State. Hey, you know you're not better than NC State. Not this morning you're not. Not, not April the 14th you're not. Now, injuries, who knows? Ball bounce is funny. You, you only get a chance to play them, but not in the middle of April. Not based on what you saw last year and mm-hmm. what you know is coming back this year, assuming right. everybody's relatively healthy. No, There is no stinking way. Yeah. So, there's the big board. Clemson at nearly 59%. Uh, Pittsburgh next at almost 16%. Miami, 8.6%. North Carolina, 6%. Wake 3.1, NC State 3 flat, Florida State 2.7. That's the top seven in the league. I would have thought Pitt's number would have been higher. Miami's would have been higher. Wake Forest would have been higher. NC State would have been higher. Clemson would have been lower. And North Carolina would have been lower. That would have been my guess if you would ask me to try to predict all this. All right. We're going to get to your calls and such coming up. Uh, 8 o'clock hour with Chris Cotter and Kevin Cargan as well. Yesterday – Virginia Tech head coach Brent Pry, his team of the less than 1% to win the ACC. Got to get a quarterback, Wes. Yep. We asked him, though, to start, in case you missed it, how things have changed since assuming the big chair. Definitely have a different job than I've had for 31 years. Um, You know, I walk down the hallway and I see my old job in there with Coach Marvin, the defensive staff which I step in there about 30 minutes a day just to kind of feel like myself again. But, uh, you know, it's been awesome. It is a different uh, job, more challenges, different conversations. You know, my calendar looks different every day. Uh, You're in such a routine as a coordinator with what you do, you know, in in the winter, what you do in the spring, what you do in the summer, preseason camp. And when you do it for 31 years, uh, it's habit. And uh, so this year's been, uh, you know, it's been different, but but right. but good. All right, let's get to uh, your quarterbacks. Now we, we put a list on this board the other day, and man, we needed two pages. Now what are we going to do at quarterback, coach? This spring game is going to be interesting to watch. Everybody shuffling in and out and making plays, hopefully left and right. So, kind of give us a thumbnail of where you are in the quarterback department. Yeah, the, the two transfers have kind of jumped out front. As and I expected they would, but um, you know Grant and Jason both have in-game experience at a high level, and um, so their composure, their ability to grasp the offense, has just come a little quicker. Uh, Connor obviously is a guy that that I am high on. I think he's got some ability at quarterback. There's some things there that are promising. But honestly, I like his, uh, his skill set in some other places. So, But uh, Grant and Jason have separated themselves at this point. And um, you know, I look forward to watching both those guys on Saturday. Give us some names of some folks that have impressed you so far this spring. 
that may be not necessarily household names, or maybe there are. You tell me. They've, uh, folks have really impressed you in the spring that you expect to play well Saturday. Mm. Yeah, up front on defense, a guy that uh, is arguably one of our most improved players, Josh Fuga, defensive tackle, really had some things that we wanted him to improve on through the spring, and he's done that. Uh, he's, he's really made me feel better about, uh, you know, him playing well enough for us to win uh, and, and win big games. Um, uh, DJ Harvey, a guy that's uh, embraced the nickel position, a corner that uh, really has a knack for finding the football. You know, when you go 12 practices and somebody, you know, at least once every practice, if not more, is finding the football, it tells you something. You know, and, and you see the investment and, and the preparation and things that guys are putting in that, that also is important to me. So there's a couple of guys there that I think, um, you know, some of those guys, we've, we've made some position moves. Uh, Keontae Jenkins to our field backer spot, J.R. Walker, field backer. Those guys have caught the attention of the staff. Uh, I think Breon Murray, um, you know, there's some guys that are jumping out that, uh, you know, that you hope that things start to take shape and you start to feel better about some positions. Offensively, uh, Silas, you know, big Silas at the left tackle spot. Mm, so thankful fancy. he came back. Yeah, mm. he, he's doing a great job. Uh, he's really impressive. I, I don't know that, uh, you know, in my time at Penn State, we had a, a tackle with his skill set. Uh, and he's mature. He's got great demeanor. I really love what he's doing right now. I think uh, Lofton at wide receiver has had a really good spring. He's a playmaker, good ball skills, can do things after the catch. And then I've been pleased with Connor Blumrick. You know, we're doing some interesting things with him. Coach Bowen's doing a great job maximizing what Connor can do well. And again, you know, I bounce in that room and I say, well, from a defensive coordinator's perspective, if you're doing this with him and you're doing that with him, that's challenging. And, um, you know, so there's definitely some guys to be excited about that. Uh, you know, we got another practice Thursday, a light one Friday, and then the spring game. So, you know, we, we, a couple more opportunities for these guys to keep growing, developing, and showing us what they can do. Well, we had some fun yesterday about uh, grilling. And uh, you and Coach put it on them, didn't you? Huh? A little salt, pepper. We grilled some mean, oh, some mean steaks, man. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Coach put that apron on. He's a pro. I just followed his lead. Look at me. I'm, I'm running late. I, I'm just like, Coach, I'm sorry. I thought you were coming in there to eat, not to I grill. Too. Yeah, man. He came in there and slapped it on now. Who are you kidding, right? So, so I just kept pouring go? more seasoning on there. Yeah, I kept putting more seasoning. And, Coach, he had, a, he had a method to the madness. I was just slapping it around. There you go. You know, there's a, there's a real – hey. There's a method to all that now. You can't just go in there and pretend like you know what you're doing. You got to know what you're doing, right? Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's a tradition that Coach Beamer started long ago. His football clinic always had some of the best stakes going. And uh, when we started talking about it and said, we're going to bring this back, this coach's clinic with these stakes is going to be big. Well, my operations guy comes into the meeting and he says, Coach, we got the stakes all planned out. And I said, well, what steaks are you getting? He said, we're getting eight-ounce sirloins. I said, eight-ounce sirloins? These are football coaches you're feeding, man. <laughs> so I, I, took our, I took our Sam linebacker, Coach Quinn, who's our food expert, and I said, get involved. You get involved in that get menu, involved. Quinn. 
And, and so the next thing you know, we went from string beans to baked beans. We went from rolls to cornbread, and we went from eight-ounce sirloins to 14-ounce ribeyes. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, those I, I, coaches got their money's worth. You know, I love Brent Pry. Midnight Rider. I, how awesome is it that, number one, the steak story at the end there is perfect. No, no, we got to get somebody to get involved here, right? Get involved. Got to get involved. I mean, you can't throw sirloins in, in there. Yeah, bone-in fillets now if you want to go top shelf. How about those guys? You I'll, just like the energy, don't you? I do. Uh, I look forward to meeting him. I mean, mm-hmm. We've had a chance to yep. talk to him now three times on yep. the show, and uh, we've had some fun with him. He seems like he's an incredibly gregarious personal dude. He's out there throwing snowballs against students sure. and everything else, and he's certainly gotten involved. It's one of the things that Whit Babcock talked about when he went for the search, mm-hmm. right, when somebody that connects with the locals. Yeah. And it certainly feels that Brent Pry has been able to do that. Now you got to go win some games. And that quarterback situation is something to keep an eye on, though, this weekend. Yeah, I agree no with you. I, I think that uh... – I think it's going to be really interesting to watch Virginia Tech's body language because the games they're playing, the way the season fits, there's going to be some highs. There always are. This guy's got so much energy, though. And we talked about the staff. I like the staff. I like kind of the moves he made. I mean, you know, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to watch. Right. Chris got, Cotter coming up. Yeah, got to get quarterbacks on that deal. And by do, the way, do have to have quarterbacks. Not to fast forward the clock. Yeah. But since you bring up Virginia Tech, and I've got it on the brain since I'm married to a Hokie. Yes, sir. Uh, and I'm sure we'll make reference to this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But uh, the 16th of April right. is a really important date in yep. the history at Virginia Tech. Yep. And our thoughts and prayers will go out. We'll talk about this more, I'm sure, tomorrow on the program. Mm-hmm. But I just, I still have it on the brain because every time we get around mid April. Yep. I think about what took place, ironically, 15 years ago, which right. is hard to believe. And sure it's is. something that we will never forget. But yep. uh, thoughts and prayers to everybody associated with Hokie Nation. Absolutely. The Packer and Durham Podcast.